my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy New Year's Eve, Tanner Fuller Gibbler fans. How's everyone doing? Are you ready to ring in the new year? We're going to go from 2019 to 2020. We are going to be entering a new decade. Wow. Amazing, right? <laughs> well, since I just covered Full House Season 4 Episode episode 13 entitled Happy New Year, Today, I am covering Fuller House Season 2, Episode 13, the finale of Season 2 of Fuller House, entitled Happy New Year, Baby, which aired on December 9th, 2016. It's hard to believe that two seasons of Full House aired in 2016. Like, it debuted in February of 2016, and then we got Season 2 in December of 2016. It's just crazy. It's crazy, right? <laughs> and it's sad and crazy that it's ending next year. Wow. It just seems like it was a short amount. It seems like just yesterday we were getting introduced, reintroduced to the Tanners, Fullers, and Gibblers again, and to the new kids. You know, Jackson, Max, Tommy Jr., and Ramona. And now it's like, we're going to have to say goodbye to, you know, these characters we've grown to love, the ones that we've grown up with. It's it's sad. But, you know, I, I, wanna, I wanted to do the New Year's Eve episodes for Full House and Fuller House before we said goodbye to 2019. In this episode, Steve comes to DJ with an important proposal. Jesse and Becky's new addition brings Danny and Joey home and has Jimmy spouting baby talk. Yes, in season two of Fuller House at the end, this is the point where DJ is with Matt and Steve, of course, the proposal that we're speaking of is his proposal to CJ. This episode's got an 8.0 out of 10 rating based on 290 ratings. It was directed by Jeff Franklin, writer Jeff Franklin, written by Jeff Franklin, Kate Spurgeon, staff writer, and Edie Faye, also a staff writer. We have some guest stars coming in. We got Rhodes, played by McKenna Grace. She's actually going to be in the new star... Bleh. Excuse me. The new Ghostbusters movie that comes out next summer. Now, I have not watched the first two Ghostbuster movies. And I was a kid of the 80s. You're probably wondering, why did you never watch them? And the fact that it's even stranger is the fact that Jeremy's got them both on like Blu-ray or DVD or whatever. Still haven't watched them. But now that this new one's coming out, like, you know, I think I want to take a look at the old, the Ghostbuster movies. Also, we have a guest star... Isaac Presley, who plays Bobby Popko, who pretty much just goes by Popko 
that's how he's referred to. He is Ramona's first kiss slash on again, off again boyfriend, maybe? I guess. We also get CJ, of course. We do have some connections. Joey spoofs Don Corleone. Like, that isn't the first time that's happened. Remember in the season six episode one come fly with me episode where dj comes back from spain with steve and joey pulls a godfather reference there as well um also we get a throwback to rusty from terror and tanner town max kind of pulls the same type of trick when max learns from rose that he's being tricked into going to bed early and missing the new year's countdown he pulls the same trick that rusty pulled on dj kimmy no actually it's person who put this in is wrong it's he pulled the trick on dj stephanie jesse and becky so kimmy was not kimmy wasn't even in that episode that i recall i don't think she was imagine how but she is in the secret admirer episode the next episode so she also falls for rusty's little fake love letter all right, we do have a user review from the ever-faithful Power Man Dan. He gives it an 8 out of 10. Titles it, In with the Old, In with the New. I like that. That's good, good. June 6, 2019 is when he wrote the review. He or she. This is a suitable ending for the season. DJ is hosting a New Year's Eve party, and it seemed like it was going to be a good night with all the adults returning. Danny, Jesse, and Joey even spend some time around campfire. Really good stuff. Later, Jesse and Becky finally get the baby from the adoption agency. They name her Pamela Adver. Well, you know. Steve will propose to CJ and wants DJ's help with the words. This is heartbreaking because I always wanted Steve to end up with DJ. We also find out DJ was going to pick Steve. Remember the end of season one? Steve was the one she chose. Luckily, I know where this story arc goes in the next few seasons, so I'm not totally heartbroken. Matt gets back from India. Jimmy has been talking to Stephanie about babies since she cannot have babies. Jimmy is naively understanding. They need to keep his dumbness intact. Jackson and Ramona and their friends must include Max, but he is just in their way annoying them. Rose breaks the news to him and he gets revenge. This was a really nice subplot. I liked all of this had to offer. My gripes are all personal opinions, nothing technical, but whatever. What's done is done. Also, before the end of 2019, I am going to cover Full House Season 5, Episode 9, the mid-season finale, entitled A Modest Proposal. We all know that that is the episode that ends with Steve finally, after so many years, he finally proposes to DJ. What we've all waited for, what we've all wanted since the beginning of Fuller House. It's going to happen. I wanted to cover that episode before the end of 2019. So that way, when the last half or part B of season five of Fuller House airs, I can do the first episode and then, of course, the last episode. At the end of this, covering this episode, I will be going into detail of the next series I plan to do with Full House in Fuller House. So look forward to that. That will start in January of 2020. Alright. Of course we gotta do some official business up front as far as where to follow along with the podcast on social media. 
On Twitter, we have OMHC Full House. On Instagram is OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod. If you'd like to send a email, you can do so at omhcfhpodcast at gmail.com. Also, the podcast has a Facebook page. You can just type in Full House or Fuller House Podcast, and it will be on my land to Holy Chalupas. Podcast will pop right up. I am your host, Angela Bowen, and you are listening to Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House, (laughs) an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. So we open up the episode, DJ is running down the stairs, she's wearing a blue bathrobe. And she, clearly you can tell she's got something on underneath as she's slipping her shoes on. She's racing to get that door, but of course she's got to slip her shoes on. She's actually wearing a really nice dress underneath. I guess the whole thing is, like, whenever, it's a gag that goes on throughout the episode. Whenever the doorbell rings, she assumes, like, it's Matt coming home early to surprise her. And her hair was, like, pinned up, and she, like, pulls the pins out and everything and just shakes her head and just trying, leaning back against a chair, trying to look seductive as he walks in, but it's not him. (laughs) And she's like, Happy New Year! Oh, it's the UPS guy? Someone to drop off a package? She's looking at this guy like, you're not Matt. And the guy's holding this large package. You don't know what it is. And he's just standing there like, wow, you, this is a great greeting. I tell you, you don't even need to sign for this. (laughs) And she explains how she was just, it's a misunderstanding. She's just expecting her boyfriend back from India and she wants to surprise him. She takes the package from him and is like, thank you. And he kind of lightly bows and, like, presses his palms together. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> Awkward. So it turns out the package is not for DJ. As Stephanie and Kimmy come through. And Kimmy, I think she's already in the running for my favorite outfit. And this episode has, like, it's barely, like, two minutes in. She's wearing this blue sweater that's got embroidered pizza slices along the collar. It's just, it's everything. So, Fernando had sent Kimmy an Argentinian dress for her to wear for New Year's. And... It's really like Pepto-Bismol fuchsia pink. It's with a, like a lace collar. It's really, it's kind of gaudy. It... Wouldn't you say so, Quinny? Yeah? You're not looking at it. Okay, she's looking at the door. <laughs> she's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't wear clothes. You're lucky I wear this collar you gave me. So she would probably prefer to go all natural, as we call her little miss naked neck when she does not have her collar on. Luckily, she has not slipped out of this new one, so it's already doing its job. Stephanie pretty much says what we are all thinking when Stephanie's like, ugh, that is really hideous. 
Of course, Kimmy, you know her outrageous style. She is looking at this like, there is no way I'm wearing this. I like that Kimmy, not just the um, blue sweater with the, the pizza slices along the collar. She's also wearing like a pizza, like, crocheted barrette and like a like cheese with like pepperoni like scarf it's kind of like a, a a golden orange color with pepperonis and like mushrooms and stuff woven into it it's really pizza all the way for kimmy here i love it i don't think anyone's gonna knock kimmy off the best outfit of the episode throne this episode Kimmy says, it's too big and bright and loud. And I'm just thinking, that was always your wardrobe from, like, season two onward throughout all of Full House and Fuller House. She even laughs at her own joke, like, yeah, and that's coming from me. So Stephanie's like, well, then what are you going to tell Fernando you're not going to wear this dress? So Kimmy's like, oh, I'll tell him the truth. It never came, so she's gonna go and like hide the dress. Okay, there's another ring of the door of the doorbell, and DJ gets right into seductive pose against that blue chair. As she says, "It's always open, Matt." No, it's not Matt. It's Steve and CJ. As CJ comes in, it's like, "Hi, <laughs> it's not Matt." So Steve comes in with this giant bag. He went shopping for the New Year's Eve party that DJ's throwing. He's like, can you believe it? It was like 90% off. And he puts on these glasses that say 2016. I'm like, yeah, there's a reason. Why would they even have 2016 stuff left? It should all be 2017. Oh, they saw him coming, man. And they're like, oh, yes, yes, here you go. Here's all the stuff you need. Like, Did CJ not shop with you because... I'm sure she would have picked up on this. I mean, I know Steve sometimes isn't exactly the brightest bulb in the box, but come on now, Steve. I will give him credit because he is wearing a red shirt underneath that bluish-black blazer. You guys know how partial I am to red. Yeah, CJ, like, yes, I can understand why I'd be 90% off because this is all stuff from last year. And... Steve's got a pet name for her since he loves food so much. He calls her Angel Food Cake. Can you return this stuff, Angel Food Cake? Because he says there's some stuff I need to talk to DJ about, about. And then he calls her Pudding Pop. TJ's like, oh yeah, you know what? Maybe DJ can come up, help you come up with a nickname for me that isn't, I don't know, that's like not food. That'd be great. And he says, we will work on that sugar. Well, that's not bad. I mean, that's a common nickname. Right, Quinn? Oh, Lundy, you're in here too? It's a party, apparently. Both fur babies are in here. <laughs> Crazy for kids. Oh, then he adds packet, sugar packet. And then she kisses him goodbye. They both say I love you. And you hear someone from the audience go, whoop! I'm like, whoa! And then he's like, bye-bye lamb chop as she leaves. I didn't think lamb chop like a lamb chop. I thought like lamb chop like the puppet. Okay, so I'm going to play this clip. Steve has got really big news for DJ. He's going to drop a bomb on her. An emotional bomb. Okay, really big news. You better sit down. That's not the big news, by the way. <laughs> I want to propose to CJ tonight. 
You want to propose tonight? Yes. In my house? Yes. Right in front of me? You know, maybe more to like the side of you. I haven't figured out where everybody's standing yet. Now, listen, I'm pretty sure I know what I want to say, but can I run it by you first? And by run it by you first, I mean, will you please write it for me? Yes, sure, of course. It's always been my dream to write my ex-boyfriend's marriage proposal. So what do you got so far? Oh, um. CJ. Good start. You know what? I can't say what's in my heart without food in my stomach. I'm gonna go nuke a frozen pizza. Yeah, because you're in my house. Yeah, so Steve drops a bomb that he is going to propose to CJ, and DJ's being as subtle as she can with just these little ones, like really. So my ex-boyfriend is going to propose to his girlfriend in my house. And now he wants me to help him with his marriage proposal. Like, you're going to do this right in front of my face. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, he wants her to help him write it because he's never been good with words. So he pulls out this piece of paper, takes the time to unfold it, puts on his, like... Six-year-old man glasses, and it's like <clears throat> CJ. That's all he has so far. It's like, oh my goodness! Like, well, that's a good start. So he's like, you know what? You know why I can't write it? Because I don't have food in my belly. I can't work on an empty belly. He zips into the kitchen to nuke a pizza, because I'm sure he just assumes there'll be a frozen pizza there in the fridge, in the freezer. Doorbell rings. DJ goes back to get in position again because she keeps thinking Matt is just going to surprise her and walk through that door. No. She's always like, come in, Matt! As she constantly is putting herself in a seductive pose, leaning against that chair. No, it's not Matt. It's Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky! adopted baby in San Francisco. Now we can ring in the new year with you guys. Yeah. Aww. It's almost like every important moment in our life always happens in this house or around this house. <laughs> Seriously, thank you guys for driving up last minute to share this beautiful moment with us. Wouldn't miss it for the world, Jess. <laughs> Plus, you're driving me to my colonoscopy on Monday. <laughs> I brought a little friend with me. Hope you don't mind. Oh, uh, Woodchuck. Hey, Mr. Woodchuck. This is something I would not miss. Not only is it Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky, but we have Danny and Joey right behind. Joey's brought Mr. Woodchuck. Because we haven't seen him since, like, season one, the premiere. <laughs> and... Of course, Jesse and Becky, they're picking up their newly adopted baby in San Francisco. And they figure, since we're here, let's 
ring in the new year for this momentous occasion. And just it's funny how Jesse says it seems like whenever some momentous thing, big thing happens, it's always either in this house or around this house. Like, you know, them renewing their vows, them meeting in that, Jesse and Becky meeting in that house, them, you know, having the reception there, them, you know, living above, you know, in the attic and then having the twins and all that good stuff. Like, wow. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Their life really happened for them, and that like all the momentous parts of it <laughs> was yeah. The family isn't really happy that Joey brought Mister Woodchuck along because DJ's like, hey, you uh, want to get a drink with us? Because you know Jesse heads upstairs, Danny gets the rest of the luggage, and Becky and the girls are just like, yeah, let's just go and. Uh, Knock a few back. <laughs> we can't stand the woodchuck. Why did you bring it, Joey? We've already seen it so far this in this series. We don't need another reprisal of Mr. Woodchuck. He's got different sized pupils. That's concerning. Alright, now we get to plot B, which is going to be with the teens. Jackson, Ramona, Popko, and Lola. They are upstairs in Jackson and Max's room, and Lola, of course, has got her selfie stick all ready to go. This little uh, selfie is going to make it look like they are in Japan, or in Tokyo. So, um, yeah, everyone say Happy New Year in Japanese. Of course, while they're all doing this, Max kind of comes in and is, like, watching from the wings. Not really intruding just yet. Of course, Ramona looks at Lola like, how do you say that? And she's like, I don't know. I was, like, born in Fresno. Oh, Max decides to photobomb the picture. Because <laughs> he gets right in there. Apparently, yeah, Lola figures out what to say as they're all saying it. Yeah, Max, like, goes behind them and gets on Jackson's bed to get, like, right behind Ramona. And right next to Popco. Hey, this filter makes us look like we're in Tokyo, so everyone yell Happy New Year in Japanese. <laughs> How do you say that? <laughs> I don't know. I was born in Fresno. <laughs> uh, okay, fine. Uh, say Akimashite Oedeito Gozaimasu. Akimashite Oedeito What are you doing here? Mom said you guys have to include me in your New Year's Eve party. So what's up, my squad? <laughs> we are not your squad. <laughs> Perhaps you didn't hear me. Mom, sit. <laughs> so let's start this party. Hey, uh, Max. I think that this, uh, party needs some guacamole, if you know what I'm saying. Sure, big bro. Is he, like, strutting like Urkel? I'm be back with the dipping, so don't be tripping. Yo, yo. <laughs> oh, they give that boy the best lines. We gotta give it to Max tonight. I know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> that kind of get rid of. You know, I don't want to mess up the midnight kisses. Whoa, 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 whoa. We haven't agreed to any kisses. Yeah. Uh, I did. Are you still mad at me about that hippo video? 
I said I was sorry. And I've been giving you lots of stuff. I do appreciate the vanilla-scented candle and the Quiznos punch card. If you buy three more subs, you get a free panini. But I'm still not promising any kisses. I understand. I can't buy your love with bribes, gifts, and trinkets. Here, have a Toblerone. <laughs> Mark's been dead. <laughs> Max like pops his head in there when they're all trying to take that selfie. He appears like right over Ramona's shoulder and he's got an arm like slung around like Popco. And Ramona is just kind of like, where did you come from, Max? But Max refers or lets them know that DJ told them they have to include Max in their little New Year's Eve party all about it he's like hey what's up my squad and Ramona's like no we are not your squad so Max like jumps off the bed because they all like try to get away from him as fast as they can <laughs> but their room's only so big and he's like perhaps you didn't hear me mom said you have to let me hang out with you they give this kid the best lines and they still do as he's like, let's start this party. So Jackson is like, hey, Max, let's, I think this party needs a little guacamole, if you get my meaning. So why don't you run downstairs and get us some? Max, what he's doing with, it's like, he is our, his back is arched back. His hands are on his hips. And I'm like, he's doing like an Urkel, like, saunter out of the room. Like an Urkel strut, if you will. I mean, I see that strut, and I think, no, that is Urkel. That is so Urkel. Of course, he turns in the doorway to face them. It's like, be back with the dipping, so don't be a trippin'. <laughs> and he's, like, waving his hands in there, like, yo, yo, as he goes on the hallway. And the audience goes wild for that. They love it. Like, yeah! <laughs> we love you, Max! Jackson quickly shuts the door. Does he lock it? <laughs> so Jackson lets his friends know they gotta get rid of Max. Of course, Pop goes like, oh, well, you know, I know a guy. And Jackson's like, not that kind of get rid of. We just want him out of our hair for a night. He doesn't want Max, you know, crashing on the kisses that Popco and Jackson both want to get from Ramona and Lola. And, of course, Ramona stops that dead in its tracks. Like, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We did not say anything about any midnight kisses. Good for you, Ramona. Consent, boys. You ask first. You ask for those kisses. You don't assume. So, Popco's whole shtick here is he's big on the hats. You know, the fedoras. The whatever. You know. That's his thing. He's also into... Bright blue sh long sleeve shirts with black vests. He's also got the dog tags that he was wearing in season one. It's amazing how Lola is just like, oh, I promised Jackson some kisses. She goes right over to him and it's like, oh, my honey bear. Although they eventually do break up because he ends up with Rocky. I'm kind of wondering if Lola is going to come back in the second half of season five. I know that Popco came back in the, um, 
Yeah, the prom episode of season four. Yeah, remember that. So, Pop goes on like, hey, look, are you still mad at me about that whole hippo video I made of you? I said I was sorry. I've been giving you gifts. And, of course, he's given her a vanilla-scented candle, a Quiznos punch card. And, of course, to sweeten the pot, he's like, here, have a Toblerone. Because she's like, you can't buy my affection, Popco. I don't think I've ever had a Toblerone. I hear they're good, though. All right, so we bounce downstairs, and Jimmy is busy feeding little Tommy. Aw, this is so cute. Of course, Becky is talking about how... Adopting adopting a baby is way easier than being pregnant. Well, you were carrying twins, so. <laughs> and she makes a joke about how she already lost the baby weight. Like, <laughs> okay. Apparently, Kimmy likes to make famous pina gibladas, which is some form of a drink. Are they having like a little mini baby shower thing? Because she's wear Kimmy's wearing a necklace that's got like a little baby bottle attached to it. Oh, it's served in a baby bottle because, you know, Becky's having a baby. Well, she's adopting one. And I, at first, because there's a picture of that white stuff, and I'm like, is that, like, milk? And then I'm like, is that eggnog? And it's like, well, no, wait a minute. It's not either of those things. It's Kimmy's special pina colada giblerata. And apparently, Fernando made a mess of his tie because he's not ready for a sippy cup yet. Because he just spilled wine all over that tie. And it's a light blue tie, so of course a big giant red stain is going to show, like, majorly. So, Fernando's unhappy, Kimberlina, as he refers to Kimberlina, her Argentinian dress was lost in the mail, or so he was told. He's not happy about it. That's the story she told him, of course. Of course, at this point, it's 2016, and even then, you could... Track your package online, and if it says it was delivered, I mean, odds are it's... I like it that now they will take a picture when they deliver the package, so you can tell, in fact, it was delivered. So if it's not there when they show and you can see the picture of it, then clearly someone either took it, or who knows. Because there, you know, have been some package thieves out there, you know. Do that sometimes. Kimmy, come on, seriously, you're surprised? Like, oh, they did do that? They did deliver it? <laughs> and she's covering up the fact she doesn't want to wear the dress. It's just, it's move. So, Fernando says, I assume it went to the wrong house, so I've been up and down the block. Um, that actually happened to me in October. I had ordered a package and it said it was delivered, and I'm looking all around the outside of my house, like, where is it? So I called them up. I'm like, well, it said it was delivered. And they said, yeah, you, you put your address here as whatever, whatever. And I'm like, well, no. I've used this site before and then it's never been put down. So I look up the address, the house number, because, you know, our street's also across the street as well. It continues on. So I'm going up and down that street and I look and I see that they've dropped it on someone else's porch. So instead of just going and grabbing it and driving out, I'm like, I'm not going to do that because they're going to think, you know, like, oh, that person's stealing my package. No, I knocked on the door. The guy was the sweetest guy. 
I have my driver's license there with my address to prove and to show that my name is on this package. And the guy was really great about it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Don't worry. Yeah. He didn't say, oh, well, that's my package. It's on, it's on my property, so it's mine. No, he's, like, completely understanding. I'm like, jeez, I know I put my address in there correctly when I placed that order. So now Fernando's been went up and down the block looking for the package, pounding on people's doors. Oh boy! And Kimmy's like, oh boy, <laughs> I love the Kimmy's wearing this really beautiful dress, and I'm not really big on dresses, but anyway, it's really really pretty. It's like ho like a dark like Hawaiian ish type. It's like um that twilight like not a hundred percent dark but it's kind of a purplish black and it's got like it's got like hibiscus like colored like fuchsia orange purplish flowers on it just like the one that's like pinned into her hair is really really pretty I really like it I think I like this almost as much as her other uh her pizza outfit this is gonna be a hard sell <laughs> it's like the harder I knock the less they answer well, you probably sound like a madman. If someone like literally pounding on my door, I don't think I want to would want to answer it either. Cause if I open the door, they're probably gonna kill me. <laughs> I ain't answering that door. So to make matters worse, he would yell, "Have you seen my dress?" Oh boy. <laughs> DJ, excuse me, Stephanie, who's really dolled up in this. Um, her hair's all pinned up. She's wearing these silver dangly glass you know clear glass like earrings the dangly ones and then she's wearing this silver like complete sequin dress and it's just wow and she's just looking at him like really you did that and i gotta hand it to juan uh juan pablo who plays Fernando. He does a good when he needs to like switch an accent like he does an American accent here as the neighbors are like we're calling the police. He does a good job. I want to play this. He does such a good job. So I would yell, "Have you seen my dress?" And they would yell, "We're calling the police." Kimmy is just, her eyes are bugging out. She's like, oh boy, this is, I didn't realize it was going to get this bad by saying that I, the dress never came. We cut over to Jemmy feeding Tommy. And he's like, I remember when Kimmy and I were kids, our mom used to feed us creamed spinach. Ooh. Only she called it ice cream. I like how um, either Dashiell or Fox, I'm not sure, you know, they both play the role of Tommy, so I'm not sure which one is in the high chair, but I like how he's, like, flipping through a book. And I guess, I mean, this is where Jimmy's hair is, like, longer in, in, in season two, like, when we met him and stuff. I like that he gets a haircut in the next season, because I just, I don't know, I'm not a fan of the longish hair. So he's like, can you imagine how upset I was when I finally tasted real ice cream? <laughs> so Stephanie comes over with the giblada and she says they are almost as good as your gibleritas. Like, oh, the giblers know how to make a drink. I don't drink, but if I did, I would definitely be into gibleratas and gibleritas. Gibleratas and gibleritas. Oh, they're in the baby bottles. That's adorable. 
Oh boy. Um, Jimmy is swimming into uncharted territory. I mean, he doesn't know. He's like, hey, maybe one day we'll have one of these baby people. One that, you know, we make together. He doesn't know that Stephanie is infertile. She's unable to have children. So that is definitely going to strike a chord in the nerve department. Hey, I was thinking, Steph Boyardee. <laughs> maybe one day we'll have one of these baby people. One that we make together. What are you talking about? Well, you see, when a man and a woman love each other very, very much... Jimmy, Jimmy. Yes, okay, yes. I know how babies are made. Oh. Good, because that talk is always so awkward. Yes, it is. <laughs> So yeah, you just you do kind of see the the look of sadness on Stephanie's face, and she's like, "What do you mean?" And then Jimmy goes to cover Tommy's ears, like he's explaining the birds and the bees, like in a store. And she's like, "Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy, I know, I know all about that. Oh, I know how babies are made." He's like, "Whew, that conversation always gets a little weird." Well, <laughs> and they both like throw back their baby bottles, like <laughs> start chugging them. <laughs> Cosmo! Oh, Danny was taking Cosmo for a walk. In the dark! Jesse and Joey are also there. Did they all walk Comet? They all were just like kind of taking the dog on a walk and talking and everything. And they're just gonna have a guy's night. Just hanging out in the backyard with a campfire and having, you know, reminiscing about the good old times and full house memories. And they're gonna air some grievances they have with each other. They all sit in the lawn chairs there, the Adirondack chairs, and um, Jesse started a fire. And Danny says how happy he is for, for Jesse and the fact that we celebrated like this right before DJ was born 40 years ago. Can you believe that? Wow. I love how Jesse refers to them all as old farts. <laughs> well, they are all just about close to 60. Of course, uh, Joey toasts to farts, which is kind of funny. Um, I had read uh, Andrea Barber, who plays Kimmy Gibbler, her memoir called First Full Circle. It's a good book, by the way. You should check it out. Um, she mentioned that Dave Coulier was the king of farts. Like, hands down, no one could beat this guy when it came to farts. Like, clearing the room farts. They were pretty bad. I don't know. Maybe I can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nah, he'd probably beat me. Yeah. I'm gonna play this clip as they're all reminiscing. This is just really sweet and endearing. Good job, Cosmo. I wish I was as regular as you are. <laughs> Come on, let us manly men enjoy this manly drink on this manly lawn while I build us a manly campfire. Mmm, <laughs> fire good. <laughs> Jess, we are so happy for you. Thank you. Do you realize we celebrated just like this right before DJ was born? Almost 40 years ago? Oh, 40 years ago? Man, we are old farts, aren't we? <laughs> hey, to farts. To farts. <laughs> well, you know, guys, I've been thinking a lot about uh, who's going to be the godfather of my new baby. Well, we're all brothers here, so whoever you pick, I'm completely fine with it. Thank you, Dad. Because I picked Joey. <laughs> Yes, I am just so honored. Sorry, Joey. Better luck next time. 
Danny, he just picked me. Yeah, Danny, I just picked him. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. I'm the godfather. What about the other two kids? You made me an offer mm -hmm. I can't refuse. <laughs> well, I, I just want to be clear right now that my feelings are not hurt in any way. I am yeah, right. I'm completely fine with this. I'm fine as fine could be. But the only reason why I picked Joey was because he's still raising kids. Joey still is a kid. That's true. I am not a kid. Jess, I think you're forgetting how wonderful my three girls turned out. Uh, Danny, uh, with all due respect, I think you're forgetting that Jess and I did a lot of the parenting, right, Jess? Yeah. You know, you'd go to work all day, and we'd be home raising the kids and scrubbing the floors, and gosh darn it, we made sure we looked beautiful for you by the time you got home. <laughs> Look, if it means that much to you, you can be the godfather. No, thank you. <laughs> I ain't no scrub. What? <laughs> all right, fine. Joey, you're back to being the godfather. Uh, no, not after you take it away and then give it to Danny. You come to me and you say, Don Corleone, bring me justice. But you don't ask with respect. Memorize that whole movie? What movie? <laughs> So, Jesse, of course, is thinking about who's going to be the godfather to his new baby. And I'm just thinking, well, wait a second. What about Nikki and Alex? Did you ever have godfathers or godmothers for them? Maybe he's turning over a new leaf and just saying, this time around, I want to have a godfather. Which, it's kind of interesting because when it came time for him to pick the best man for his wedding, he eventually goes with them both. But originally, he picks Joey. Probably because, you know, Joey and him were in advertising together and stuff like that. So they've developed a closer bond. And with Danny, I mean, Jesse is just the brother-in-law. But with, you know, and not to mention, not just the advertising company, but also later on with Rush Hour Renegades and stuff like that. So, but then again, it could be completely, he eventually does feel guilty because Danny goes around the house moping, playing his guitar. Because he, just the fact that he ends up having to be an usher. But Jesse feels so guilty that he's like, alright, look, I made a mistake. Both of you are going to be my best men because you're both my best friends. Yeah, two best friends, so I should have two best men. And I'm sure that that's not like it's not something that hasn't happened before in re the real world. I'm sure it has. Isn't that why they have, like, groomsmen, like... Oh, yeah, you're my best man. You're going to stand up for me. But the rest of you can be, like, groomsmen that can also stand up for me. So that way no one really gets left out. First, before Jesse even announces that he picks Joey to be the godfather, Danny's like, look, we're all brothers here, so whoever you pick, I'm going to be absolutely fine with. And Jesse's like, great, because I picked Joey. And you just look over to Joey. He's like, yes! <laughs> Of course, apparently that went right out both his ears, Danny's, because he's like, oh, Jess, I am just so honored. Sorry, Joey, better luck next time. And Joey's like, uh, Danny, he picked me. <laughs> like, uh, no, you're the sad sack, <laughs> not me. <laughs> of course, Joey now being the godfather of the adopted baby that we all meet at the end of the episode, 
leads him into doing a couple of Don Car is it Don Corleone? Is it? Is that what the guy's name is in The Godfather? Dear? Jeremy? Is that Don Corleone? That's his name, right? In The Godfather? Sarah, really? I thought his name was Don. That's stupid. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Well, my world has just been rocked. And I haven't even seen the movie. Maybe you should have. Eh, I, I'm not into that old-timey violence. It's violence. They're shooting each other. People die. A woman gets shot at her wedding. Yeah. Or her husband. Same happened to Titanic, dear. <laughs> Nobody got shot in that movie. Got shot at. So? It's not the same thing as being shot. Yeah, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people that drowned. I mean, that's okay. That's okay. Stop it! You're horrible! <laughs> it is a nice movie. Happy, happy movie. Get out of here! <laughs> Go away! You're upsetting Quinn. The happy movie Titanic. <laughs> it was a sad. It was good. It was sad. <laughs> you need to go. Quinn wants her belly rubbed. <laughs> Bizarre. <laughs> yeah. So apparently Jesse's reasoning for making Joey a godfather is because he's still raising kids. And Danny's like, Joey still is a kid. Those kids of Joey's, if they're even, you know, whether they're his adopted or his blood children, I don't know. I really hope they're not his blood children. Um, they're awful, horrible children. Little devil demon children. Don't like them. I mean, the actors and actors, I, I, that don't matter, but no, the characters are just horrendous. I pray they don't show up in the last half of season five, because there's no use, for, there's no use to bring them onto the show at all. Just talk about them. And don't have them there. Oh, here we go with the grievances here as... <laughs> Danny talks about how he parented three beautiful children, three beautiful girls. Joey right away jumps in there with, Ah, Danny, I think you're forgetting that Jess and I did a lot of parenting, right, Jess? And Jesse is like, yeah, I mean, Danny, you go to work all day. We'd be home raising the kids. How long did it take for us to correctly be able to change Michelle's diaper within a reasonable amount of time. Scrubbing the floors, yeah, right. Maybe off screen, where we never saw it, but I never saw you scrub a floor. That's Danny's department. You guys might have cooked the dinners and helped dress the kids and get them off to school, but you never scrubbed any floors that I could see. <laughs> I love how Jesse's like, yes, and we even made sure we looked beautiful for you by the time you got home. Talking like a 1950s housewife. This is funny. It sounds like John Stamos is trying to get through this line and he can't without laughing. Like, <laughs> Danny, if it means that much to you, <laughs> you can be the godfather. And of course, Danny's like, I did, 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 no, mm, sorry, not, I don't want to be the godfather after you gave the title to Joey. So Jesse's like, all right, fine. Look, Joey, you're still the godfather. And Joey's like, great. Because not after you gave it to, to Danny. I mean, come on. 
Like, seriously, no taxi taxis backsies. That's not how that works. All right, now we're going from outside in the backyard. We're going to go up to Tommy's room where Becky and Stephanie are putting baby Tommy to bed. So Stephanie wants to ask Becky some questions in regards to, and this is really interesting. She asks a question that says, does adopting feel any different than when you were expecting Nikki and Alex being, is it different because you carried your children versus you taking a child that you didn't birth into the world into your home and raising it? So it's very, it's an interesting question. I'm looking forward to finding out what her answer is. I, I would think it really wouldn't be any different. Does adopting feel any different than when you were expecting Nikki and Alex? Well, no one's doing cartwheels on my bladder, so that's good. <laughs> but if you're asking me how it feels emotionally, it feels exactly the same. Really? Yes. It feels just as important and exciting, and I'm already crazy about this baby, and we haven't even met. Why do you ask? Well, I found out a while ago that I won't be able to have kids of my own. Oh, Steph, I have no idea. Sorry. But, you know, one day, maybe adopting will be an option for me. And Jimmy, if we wind up together. Well, you will make a wonderful mother to a very lucky child. Aww. Thanks, Aunt Becky. Has Jimmy been asking you about having kids? Yeah. But I think we should start with a plant first and see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> totally forgot that Becky had no idea that Stephanie couldn't have children. I like how Becky says that she's just so excited about the, this baby that she hasn't even met yet. She's just so excited to have the baby in their life and, and to give it love and to raise it and everything like that. And Stephanie's like, you know, I found out I couldn't have children and Becky's like, oh, Stephanie, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Has Jimmy been talking to you about wanting to have children? And uh, Stephanie's like, yeah, but, you know, maybe if we can't have one of our own, then maybe we can adopt. You know, just hearing you talk about how excited you are for this baby you haven't even met yet, you've already fallen in love with it and everything. And she, I like how she kind of jokes, like, with Jimmy, like, maybe we'll um, start out with the house plant first. And I actually, I got Jeremy for Christmas. I've never had one of these, and Jeremy's never had one either. A Chia Pet. It's a Bob Ross Chia Pet. And um, actually, um, they're 50% off, so I got myself a Gizmo one. And I told Jeremy we could, like, maybe try to have a competition to see whose Chia Pet comes out, you know, better. So, <laughs> see, like, who's got the green thumb. So I'm going to start my, my Gizmo one tomorrow, and we'll just kind of take it from there and see... Whose looks better <laughs> in the end? <laughs> I think I might look up like a YouTube video just to make sure I do it right. Right, Quinn? What do you think? You like Chia Pets, right? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Quinn's just hanging out by the door looking at me like, what are you talking about? I don't know what a Chia Pet is. So now we bump over across the hall from Tommy's room to Jackson and Max's room where they're like questioning like do you really think that Max is gonna fall for the old Netflix fake countdown? Lola asked that question and Jackson's like yeah of course he is I mean the fake countdown was invented for gullible little kids. 
Of course, I love the dig that Ramona gets in here. Like, yeah, totally. Your mom fooled you with it last year. <laughs> Good one, Ramona. Of course, Jackson's like, yeah, that's how I know it works. <laughs> so Max comes up there. He has got, like, a big plastic jar full of red vines. I like Twizzlers. And a bunch of other stuff to get their sugar freak on. So Popko jumps right into the action with the whole fake countdown. It's like, oh, you came back just in time. It's almost midnight. Max just looks up at him with this bewildered look on his face like, already? This is mean. I mean, come on. He's just a little kid. If you guys got a problem with him hanging out with you, why don't you go take that to DJ? Honestly, I think Max is cooler than all four of those kids put together. But that's just me. I really don't like this trick that they're pulling on him. I'm happy that he gets back at them later. And he's like, seems like it was just 9.30. That's because it was, buddy. They're messing with you. So Jackson instructs Max to look at the iPad that uh, Ramona's holding. It's just doing a countdown from 10. He, sh Jackson shoves a hat on Max's head and a noisemaker in his mouth. Oh, at 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 is when they all get into it, the teens do, and they hug each other and use their noisemakers, and Max is into it like he really believes it. Max is still blowing that little noisemaker horn long after everyone, all the other kids have stopped. Jackson, like, wastes no time ripping that hat and noisemaker out of Max's, off of his head and out of his mouth. Like, oh, man, what a night, we're going to bed. Max is just like, really? That's it? That's the same thing that Michelle is like, or <laughs> granted she was like maybe three or four at the time. It's like, that's it? There, where's the party? Where's the presents? Max just kind of takes it with ease. It's like, well, this New Year's thing is way overhyped. Honestly, Max, you're right. It really is overhyped. You get a few seconds of celebration with that countdown. You toast to a new year, and then it's like, well, I'm going to sleep now. It's midnight. So Popco's like, hey, thanks for giving up your bed and bunking with Tommy. And Jackson brings over Uni the Unicorn, which is actually Elias Harger's real stuffed unicorn. That's his, the boy who plays Max. So Max is all like, hey, cool hang, bro. You're the best brother any big brother any kid could ever have. It's like, dude, you don't feel guilty at him saying that? Of course he doesn't because Jackson doesn't have a conscience. You suck, Jackson. We're all like, good night, Max. And Max turns in the door and says, gotta get some sleeps. Max out, my peeps. <laughs> He's got the best lines. I'm gonna play this clip. Do you really think Max is gonna fall for the old Netflix fake countdown? <laughs> of course he is. The fake countdown was invented for gullible little kids. <laughs> totally. Your mom will do with it last year. That's how I know it works. Okay, teen squad. Time to get our sugar freak on. You made it back just in time. It's almost midnight. Already? Seemed like it was just 9.30. Oh, look at the iPad.
awesome partying with you, Max. That's it. <laughs> this New Year's thing is way overhyped. Hey, thanks for giving up your bed and bunking with Tommy. Here's you need the unicorn. Cool, Hangman. You're the best big brother a kid could ever have. Yep, well, uh, that's what I've been telling you. <laughs> All right, see ya. So downstairs, Fernando and Kimmy head into the living room with the snacks and hors d'oeuvres for the New Year's Eve party. Fernando's saying, like, look, I just, I want to get 2016 over with. I'll be happy to see it gone. I mean, first your dress ends up missing. And of course, boom, what do we see? We see a small carrying the dress in his mouth of course fernando's back is turned and kimmy's just like oh no oh and then <laughs> fernando turns around he's like and then i see cosmo dragging the same dress across the f and then he realizes like oh say what <laughs> i gotta blame this his reaction is hilarious to admit i will be happy to see 2016 gone first your dress gets lost in the mail <laughs> And then I see Cosmo dragging the same dress across the floor. Say what? <laughs> now, before you get upset, there is a very reasonable explanation for all this. The dress arrived. It was hideous, so I hid it in the doghouse. Well, Thank you for your dishonesty. Now goodbye forever. Here. I thought you would go. I'm not missing the party. <laughs> so Kimmy fesses up to saying how when the dress arrived, she thought it was hideous, so she hid it in the doghouse. And Fernando is like, thank you for your dishonesty. No. It's time for me to depart. It's time for me to leave. Of course, she looked at him like, why are you still standing there? Why are you not gone? And he's like, well, I'm not missing the party. <laughs> I love Fer Fernando is so funny. I love his banter with Max too. We really we didn't really get it too much in the first half of season five, but I like though like instead of that, I like how they have like Steve and Max kind of bonding since you know Steve is now going to be the boys' stepfather. Of course, the doorbell rings. DJ rushes in holding that baby bottle of. Giblerita or whatever that other drink was. Giblerito, I don't know. One of them. <laughs> Apparently, there's no chair there for her to lean seductively against. So she's just, like, making sure her hair looks good and everything. And she's screaming at the door, Come on in, Matt! And I'm just like, okay, this is now the fourth time seriously... Is it the fourth time? Fifth time even? Because, let's see, we've had uh, Jesse and Becky. Before that, we had the UPS guy. We also had Steve and CJ. This has got to be, like, the fourth time that is most likely going to be the wrong person. We've pretty much seen everybody, haven't we? Who else is going to show up? It better not be Joey's kids, because I can't handle that. No one wants to ring in the new year with those goblins. It's CJ, okay. She, she she brought Rose with her, right? 
Rose looks so pretty. Oh, and Steve is in a tux with a tie. He looks just like he did, only a little less hair. Um, and the series finale, Michelle Rides Again, part two of Full House, season eight. Oh, Steve had to show face at the New Year's podiatrist gala, since he's a podiatrist. Steve calls it a foot ball. Get it? Foot ball. And of course, I like what Rose does as she just kind of pats Steve on the arm. Like, just because nobody laughed doesn't mean they don't get it. It's like, please spare us no more. I love how Rose is like, where's my boyfriend Max? DJ says, well, he's upstairs with the other kids. And I love how Rose is like, well, if you'll excuse me, my true love awaits. I just, I think it's cute with Max and Rose. It's, it's adorable little puppy love. So Steve skips over to DJ, you know, a little hush-hush plan about the whole speech he's prepared to propose to CJ. And of course... DJ's like, don't worry, Steve, I understand, you can't keep it in your head, but we'll do a little practice run. Of course, CJ picks up on this right away, like, wow, you two are being pretty secretive. And Steve whips around, points a finger in the face, like, oh, no, you are. And it's like, whoa, Steve, relax. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. <laughs> I'm sorry. So Rose goes into Tommy's room and finds Max asleep. So she's going to break the news to him, like, hey, um, Max, it's not, New, New Year's hasn't even happened yet. It's still, like, 10 o'clock, <laughs> so, um, you got plenty of time. Yeah, he's not going to take this no news well, which I honestly wouldn't take the news well either. Oh, he's sleeping with you and he, that's so cute. What are you doing here in the middle of the night? <laughs> here for the New Year's party, but it's already over. <laughs> no, it's not even 11 yet. <laughs> Look. I've been duped! <laughs> by my own brother. <laughs> so his wicked teen squad can have their precious New Year's kisses without me in the way. <laughs> but his card is my witness. Yeah, she wakes him up and he just looks at her kind of befuddled like like his mind is probably in a fog like Rose what are you doing here it's like the middle of the night and she's like no it's not it's not even 11 and she pulls out her phone and shows it to him and he is just so angry he's been duped by his own brother his own brother just so that way he is not in their way to get in the way or yeah, the teens just want a kissy face for the New Year's, and they just want to max out a ways. Like, come on, guys. You're teenagers. You really stoop that low to convincing a nine-year-old that New Year's had already happened? I mean, I'd be like, well, wait a minute. If we're celebrating up here, then why do I not hear any celebrating going downstairs? I would have checked a clock. Well, even he's, he was like, well, wait, it's only like 9.30. And I gotta say, I'm not too happy with Ramona and Lola. I mean, 
Popko's a jerk anyway, but um, come on. That was cruel. So honestly, they deserve what's coming to them. Else we jump across the hall to Jackson and Max's room and Popko's asking Jackson for advice on Ramona. Like, hey, am I really wasting my time with her? And Jackson's like, well, one, you're trying to dang hard because you're wearing a hat, you got the swagger, you got the duty-free Toblerone, which she got dirt cheap. And this just kind of takes me back to Ramona's not-so-epic party when Jackson was trying so hard to impress Lola when really all he needed to be was himself. Yeah, I am with Jackson. Like, dude, the swagger, the, the confidence is just... I mean, it's one thing to have confidence, but he's like, Oh, lots of popco is more than girls can handle. He's like, dude, stop. I'm okay with guys having confidence, but being confident to the point of being overly confident is just... I don't like it. Oh, he's gonna throw on that duty-free cologne. Oh, boy. He's pulling a Jackson from season one here, folks. All right, now we're going back across the hall, but we're going to Ramona's room as she and Lola are freshening up or dolling themselves up, putting a little lip gloss on, a little lipstick on, looking for good for their guys. So Lola is kind of asking Ramona what she's going to do with Popo. Popco. Um, and Ramona's just, like, I don't know, I mean, the hat, the swagger, and the cologne, which I can smell from here. It's almost like he's in the room here with me. So apparently Lola's got a timer on her phone because it's almost midnight. It was, like, not even 11 o'clock. That much time has already passed? Although, what's almost midnight for them? Like, 11.30, 11.45... They go to open the door, and of course, they can't. The door's stuck, and guess what? It's stuck on the boys' side, too. Oh my gosh. Rusty. No, Rusty's not there, but this is right up that alley of one of his schemes. Max took a play uh, note on a, unbeknownst to him, Rusty's playbook. Wouldn't it be funny if, I mean, I can't remember if DJ comes up and sees this, but she gets a flashback of when she and Stephanie were stuck in their room and Jesse and Becky were stuck across the hall. Because it's the same rooms, just different people. Max and Rose are just sitting, standing there, just watching this unfold as they're like, Help! Let us out! Let us out! gotta play this go the audience is going wild they're like loving it i'm loving it they deserve that i really think they do you don't mess with max fuller he will get you back tenfold
gonna ring in his revenge. <laughs> Sorry you had to see me like this. It's all right, Max. You didn't choose the thug life. Oh, thank you. The thug life chose you. <laughs> DJ comes up and is like, oh, God, she's the one who gave him that idea. I'm like, she brought up, I never should have told you the time that Rusty, like, locked Stephanie and I and Uncle Jesse and Becky in our rooms. I was like, yes! Oh! So, Jackson does, oh, yeah, when they're like, hey, we're gonna miss the countdown, and Max is like, no, you won't. It was two hours ago. So, yes, DJ comes up, has him unlock the doors with the jump rope and everything. Jackson apologizes, like, hey, I'm sorry, little buddy. And, of course, it's like, no, Max is not gonna forgive you that easily. That was a weak attempt at an apology. That was a mom's watching, so I have to f apologize, but there's no real emotion in it. So she's like, alright guys, come on, let's all go watch the countdown. And of course, I love how Rose is like, Max, you didn't choose the thug life. The thug life chose you. <laughs> alright, now we're going back outside and we're getting into a heated argument between the three guys. Uncle Jesse, uh, Danny, and Joey have got... 30 years of grievances to air out here, so let's, let's, let's find out. How many years you guys have lived here for free? Do you have any idea how much money I've saved you both in rent? <laughs> Do you have any idea how much we saved you in babysitting? <laughs> Come on, guys, it's New Year's Eve. No, 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 this is good. This is good. After 40 years of non-stop hugging and those sappy heart talks, <laughs> let's get real. <laughs> clearly has something to say to me, so come on, Danny, say it. I don't think you want to go there. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, I'm already there. <laughs> well, I think you should leave. <laughs> well, it's a little too late, because I already put my jammies on, and I'm sipping my sleepy time tea. <laughs> Here's the brutal truth. Forever is not my favorite song. is a lie. <laughs> Everyone loves forever. Do they? Do they? <laughs> it is kind of a snoozer. You know, I have a few words for you that I've been dying to say. <laughs> I hate Mr. Woodchuck. Yeah. That is a lie. Everyone loves Mr. Woodchuck. <laughs> Do they? <Yeah. laughs> well, at least Mr. Woodchuck doesn't dye his hair. <gasps> Mr. Jesse does not dye his hair. Mr. Jesse? Well, your pillowcase tells a different story. <laughs> hey, Joey, speaking of hair, where'd you get yours cut? At a barber college? <laughs> Those students need the practice. Need to have a full stump hair. And listen to this, Danny. The only reason people watch Wake Up USA is because they like Becky. Oh. Do they? <laughs> yes, they do. Women adore me. Mm -hmm. And men find me 
non-threatening. Are you sure it's not the other way around? Guys, guys, I need your help. I want to make Jackson disappear. Max, come here. What are you talking about, son? I want him lost at sea. So I need a boat, a broken compass, and enough gas to get him to the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> well, well, that's a well-laid-out plan. What did Jackson do to deserve all that? My brother stabbed me in the back. I know what that feels like. I thought he was my best friend. I can relate to that. You think you know a guy your whole life, and you don't know him at all. Preach, brother, preach. <laughs> Sometimes people close to you, they, they do things that make you mad. If you hang out with someone long enough, that's... Uh bound to happen. Max, let me ask you something. Do you love your brother? Is this off the record? <laughs> yes. I guess I love the big dope. So the secret to getting along with people that you love is forgiveness. Yeah, because nobody's perfect. And in the end, nothing's more important than loving your brothers. Aww. I guess you're right. I should go give my brother a hug. Thanks, Grandpa. Love you. Aww. And Uncle Jesse and Joey. Mm -hmm. All right, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what a great team we are. Yeah, we helped the kid out, and I taught you two jokers a good lesson. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the kid did have a great idea about uh, hugging your brothers. Hug it out. <laughs> Well, as long as we're in the spirit of forgiveness. Come here, little guy. Oh, he's gonna throw him on that fire. Yeah. Oh, no, he's gonna throw him in the jiggly <laughs> So, one of the first grievances, of course, comes from Danny, where it's like, all these years, you guys have lived here rent-free. Do you know how much money I've allowed you guys to save by living here? And... Jesse and Joey come back with, you know how much money in, like, babysitting and daycare we've saved you over the years? Yeah. Of course, they really start digging at each other when uh, Danny reveals, like, you know what? Forever is not my favorite song. And, of course, Jesse's like, well, what? no, everyone loves Forever. And Danny's like, do they? <laughs> and Joey's like, yeah, it is a bit of a snoozer. So, of course, Jesse's going to jump in and start poking jabs at Joey with, you know what? I don't like Mr. Woodchuck. And Joey's like, but everyone loves Mr. Woodchuck. And Jesse's like, do they? And I'm like, yeah, do they really? I don't think so. Of course, they make jabs at Joey's haircut. Like, oh, where'd you get your haircut? A barber college. Of course, Joey's like, yeah, but those boys, those kids, they need that experience. And I'm like, it does have a Forrest Gumpy vibe to it. <laughs> it kind of does. Uh, oh, um... Joey makes a joke about the fact that Jesse dyes his hair, and... Jesse just looks like, I do not. And of course, <laughs> Joey does his bullwinkle like, well, your pillow would, how did he say it? <laughs> well, your pillow would say otherwise. <laughs> well, remember Captain Video? Uh, um, that was the end of season five. 
when um, Jesse was down because his song Forever just was not... No, wait, it was before that. Just the music uh, industry, the uh, companies just weren't signing him and he was just getting down and then he discovered, you know, he's like in his 30s, he's got his, you know, gray hair and everything. So he decides to diet after Becky, like, brings in a couple of the Beach Boy members and they do give over some of their rights. Like, hey, you want the rights to the song forever. We can help you put together a music video and that way we can get you out there. And I just, I, I just remember, like, I remember, and Becky's like, why are you dying? You're dying. Why are you dying your hair? And Jesse's just like, well, I'm worth it. <laughs> comes out and just explains how he really doesn't like Jackson. It's like his own brother stabbed him in the back because he's like, I want to take Jackson, kill him, and bury him at sea. Can you help me out with that? Because he's like, I'm going to get a boat and a uh, broken compass or something like that and then just drive him out into the Bermuda Triangle and throw his body overboard. Um, <laughs> of course... They try to help Max off the record, of course. They're, you know, D Danny asked, Do you love your brother? And Max is like, Off the record? Yeah, I guess I love the big dope. And I just like that they're all about, you know, you know, the brotherhood and brothers and stuff like that and just, and love. And I think just helping Max work through that. Like, you go hug your brother and all that good stuff. And it turns the whole atmosphere around. Like, come on, guys. We helped Max out with his situation with Jackson. Let's hug it out. Aww. Of course, Jesse takes Mr. Witch. I thought he was going to throw him in that fire for that little uh, fire they had going. No, he chucks him over the fence into the old uh, Kimmy Gibbler's old and Jimmy Gibbler's place, which... At this point in time, I don't think Fernando eventually does buy it and, like, redo it to look like Kimmy's old place. I don't think that's still season three. Oh, uh, one other thing, of course, they're saying about, oh, you know, your show Wake Up USA, the only reason people watch is for Becky. They don't like you. And Danny's like, yes, they do. Women find me attractive and men find me... <laughs> non-threatening and of course like I think that's the other way around <laughs> uh, but it, it was fun it was funny it's like yeah 40 years of grievances just like let's just air them out put it all out on the table and then hug it out afterwards gotta clear the air then you can start anew with other grievances that you've worked up over the years that you eventually want to air out and even the three of them, you know, helping Max through his problem really made me think of all the times that, you know, the, the guys had the one-on-one -on -one conversations with the girls and helped them work through their problems. So we're in the kitchen. Steve is trying to rehearse his speech with DJ. And I can imagine from CJ's p point of view of seeing them sneaking around, and Steve saying these heartfelt words to DJ, I can imagine that's gotta hurt. Clearly, CJ can see that Steve isn't over DJ, like, at all. I mean, they're celebrating New Year's at his ex-girlfriend's house. 
So I'm going to play this clip because as they're rehearsing it, CJ comes in from the laundry room area and she is witnessing this. So I can see like this is not going to bode well at all. I remember the first time I saw you. You were so beautiful. Oh. You're even more beautiful now. I love you so much. I knew you were still in love with her. Steve, uh, how could you do this to me? No, no, CJ, it's not what you think. Tell her what we're doing. Uh, no, I, um, I, okay, I, uh, uh. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, no, I was practicing my proposal to you. A little late, Steve. <laughs> CJ, wait! No, Steve, tell her. I've heard enough. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm blanking. Literally, my mind is a burrito. Teacher, uh, help me. Words say you. Bring, take. Really? Okay. Yeah. Not weird. <laughs> um, yeah, this is. CJ, odd. I remember the first time I saw you. You were so beautiful. Oh, crap. You're even more beautiful now. <laughs> so much. I can't imagine living a single day without you. Yeah, how does this look to Matt? CJ, will you marry me? <laughs> yes. Sorry, they held me at customs and I lost my oh, baggage and I couldn't up find and a cab. Okay. Me. <laughs> DJ, thanks for helping us out. Oh, you're welcome. Congratulations, you guys. I'm so happy for you two. <laughs> So yeah, CJ walks into the kitchen as Steve says the words, I remember the first time I saw you and how beautiful you look. How do you think, of course, if you were CJ, how would you be taking this situation? And she finally breaks in with, I knew it, I knew it, I thought you were getting over her, but you're obviously not. And she goes to leave, and she, like, goes into the living room, grabs Rose, and gets ready to, like, walk out the door until DJ finally pulls her back and just says, it's that what you saw in the kitchen was not what you think it was. So DJ's like, Steve, like, tell her. And, of course, he grabs CJ by the hand, and he's kneeling down. And she's like, okay, well, I'll listen. And his mind is like, boom, it's blank. So he's like, DJ, help me. So DJ, of course, knows the words by heart. And she gets down on one knee, takes CJ's hand, recites it as Steve gives her the ring. So, of course, of all the times the hit and misses with the door opening, DJ thinking it's Matt. Of course, she's turned away from the door and 
Mind you, there's no door, but the door is, like, open. Because CJ and Rose were going to, like, exit out of it. And Matt comes in. He's got some really pretty white flowers. And apparently he was held up at customs for some reason. Because um, he, I think he went out to India to see his dad. Anyway, he walks in and sees DJ on her knee proposing to CJ. Of course, this is just played for comedic purposes. Matt now thinks that DJ has converted to being a lesbian and being involved with CJ. It's like, he's like, I was only gone a week. I'm like, come on, guys. Seriously? I mean, I know it's played for laughs, but it's just like, DJ finally realizing that Matt is like, oh no, that's not what this, here, Steve. He, she pulls him into, take over here. So, and it's just, it's sweet, you know, Steve and CJ kiss and DJ and Matt finally kiss. She's like, just kiss me. So Stephanie is like, all right, all right, the happy couples, let's get this New Year's Eve party started. <laughs> but sweet when DJ did propose and CJ is like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and she goes over to Steve and he's like, I meant every word she said. Like, aww. I mean, it is kind of sad if you think about it, the fact that she's like will always come second to DJ in everything. It, it, you know, the fact that they're at DJ's house for Thanksgiving and for Christmas and for New Year's and for the back-to-school barbecue thing at the beginning of season two. It's just, like, everything, you know, involved with D, and it's just... And CJ's, this was the only way that this was, he was going to make it up to her was by proposing to, you know, to CJ was by proposing to her to say, what I had with DJ's in the past, I'm in love with you now. But even still, we get that rocky road in, you know, season three of them preparing the wedding and everything like that. And it's just DJ is always going to be a part of his life. And he finally comes to realization he knew all along that DJ was going to be the one it just seemed like and even with DJ with with Matt and everything it's like you feel for CJ and Matt because they're just there as placeholders in you know in the stage DJ Steve sandwich they're basically you know the the meat and the mayo or the meat and the veggies or whatever you put on your sandwich and stuff like that they're just placeholders until the two slices of bread can come together okay it's almost midnight i am bored with my own anger <laughs> my name is kimberlina fernando oh she's wearing the dress that's cute Here i am my latin prince <laughs> And you're right. It's hideous. Yeah. Oh. Jimmy, I need to talk to you. You know, earlier tonight you threw out that whole let's have a baby thing. <laughs> so you should know that I can't get pregnant. Oh, that's okay. Neither can I. Whew, feels good to get that off my chest. But I just want to make sure it's not a problem for you because, you know, if things work out between us, then... We're going to have to consider other options, like adoption. What matters to me is that we're together. 
love you at your step. I love you too, Jiminy Cricket. Okay, it's almost midnight. Here we go. dress and Fernando's like yeah it is pretty hideous <laughs> um we skip over to the steps at the entryway at the door Stephanie is telling Jimmy about you know when he threw out the whole let's have a baby thing she said you know unfortunately I can't have children I'm not able to have a baby and of course Jimmy's like well neither can I I'm like come on be serious I get that he's goofy but this is a serious topic. Someone just says, I can't, as in I should be able to have a baby, but I'm physically not able to. And you throw out, oh, because I'm a guy, I can't have a... Like, stop it. That is insensitive. I don't like that joke. Because he's like, oh, that's okay, neither can I. Because she says I can't get pregnant. It's like, that's not funny. I get he can be goofy in other areas, but in other instances, but not something like this. But she does take it and try and just says we'll have to look at other ways, like adoption maybe. She does want to make sure for Jimmy that that isn't a problem that she can't conceive, that she well, that she unfortunately can't make a baby. So she says, you know, if we're in it for the long haul, if we're going to be together and stuff, and you do want to have kids, because I do want to have kids, and we are going to have to look at other options like adoption. And I like what Jimmy says here is that all that matters to me is that we're together. And this is very sweet. So they ring in the new year. All the couples are kissing. Steve and CJ, Matt and DJ, Jimmy and Kim. Wow, that came out so wrong. I'm happy I caught myself. Jimmy and Stephanie, <laughs> Fernando and Kimmy, uh, Lola and Jackson share a quick little kiss. Max and Rose share a cute little kiss. Uh, Ramona's like, oh, you're not going to kiss me, uh, Popco? And he's like, nah, I don't need to do that. I just like being here with you. And she full on lays one on him. We also get Jesse and Becky kissing. And we get Joey and Danny kind of looking at each other. And then Joey gives Danny a peck on the cheek. Like, okay. They're brothers. It's a brother kiss. Jackson and Max make up. You know, they say, I love you, bro. I love you, bro. It's all good. They ring in the new year 2017. I cannot believe we are already, like I said, celebrating 
2020. Wow, this time has flown. We cut out to the backyard. We have Jimmy and Stephanie in a chair. She's on his lap. Jimmy's on Fernando's lap in a chair. They're all sleep, yeah, sleep in chairs. That's adorable. Danny and Joey are sharing a lawn chair. Okay. DJ is asleep in Matt's arms in a chair. Every all, all the couples here. Well, not Danny and Joey, but Becky and Jesse have gotten their baby and they're going to bring it out for everybody to see. Aww. And I like that the show did this, that just because Jesse and Becky are a white couple, I mean, they can have, they don't have to have a white child. They can have, you know, an African-American or a Hispanic child or a Asian child or just any, any, any race of any kind. And I like that they did this with... Little baby Pamela here, who he named after his, pet, his sister who passed away. She's an adorable little African, you know, American baby or black baby or what, however, you know. Yeah, it's just, it's really sweet. Wake up, everybody! Did someone order a baby? Oh. <laughs> I'd like you to meet the newest member of our family. Pamela Donaldson Kasopoulos. Named after my sister, your wife, and your mother. Come yes, on, everybody, come say hi. <laughs> okay, okay, single file, no pushing, no shoving, and no touching without hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see DJ down on her knee proposing to a woman. <laughs> but you're cool with Steve being engaged because, you know, you were going to pick Matt last summer anyway, right? Well... Wait, were you going to pick Steve? I was. Whoa. <laughs> I just thought that after all these years, we should see if we were meant to be together. But it doesn't matter now. I'm really happy with Matt. Hey, baby. Oh. I have a feeling this is going to be our best year yet. <laughs> right, she-wolves? Mm. Hey, don't scare the baby, huh? <laughs> <laughs> introduce her as Pamela Donaldson Katsopoulos, named after Jesse's sister, Danny's wife, and of course DJ and Stephanie's mother. And I don't get it. Why is Becky referring to Kimmy, Stephanie, and DJ as aunt so-and-so, aunt so-and-so, and aunt so She would be a cousin, technically, not an aunt. That doesn't seem right. I mean, she's they're not ants to Nikki and Alex. So, turns out, at the beginning of season two, when DJ whispered who she chose between Matt and Steve into Tommy's ear, Stephanie and Kimmy both thought she chose Matt. And she's like, hmm. 
And they're like, you were going to choose Steve? And DJ's like, well, yeah. <laughs> and Kimmy and Stephanie are all like, wow. And DJ's like, yeah, but I'm happy in my choice. And she waves over to, to Matt, and it's cute. And she's like, this year is going to be our best year yet. So I think they're referring to like what's coming in season three and everything. So, and they do the she-wolf howl. And, of course, Jesse's like, don't scare the baby, huh? <laughs> it's cute. It's a cute ending. I really, I liked it. So, I'd have to say, definitely, Kimmy is going to get the award for best outfit. Um, it's, honestly, it's going to be a tie between her pizza outfit with the sweater and the scarf and the, the, um, the dress, the, the purplish twilight dress with the, uh, the flowers and trees that look like they're Hawaiian. And then she's got the little fake, uh, hibiscus type flower in her hair. Um, she's also winning for worst outfit with that, uh... That pink fuchsia outfit dress thing that she was trying to hide the whole episode from Fernando and said got lost in the mail. So so for this episode, I don't have a reliable... Or reliable. <laughs> I don't have a relatable character this episode. I was never tricked into going to bed early thinking that New Year's had already happened. I'd say the lesson learned from this episode definitely... Well, for me anyway, I think... Definitely Max's case. It's like, check the time again. Listen, are other people downstairs having a party? Check downstairs. Like, yeah. I mean, I get he's a little kid, but come on, Max. I know you're not gullible. He's a pretty sharp tack, that boy. Um, oh, another thing. Um, don't wait till the last day of the year when you're supposed to be ringing in the new year to air grievances. I mean... You have a whole 365, 64 days to do that stuff. You're supposed to be ringing in the... Granted, you probably, if you want to air things out before the new year hits so you can start the new year with a clean slate, but... And these were just little petty complaints between the guys and stuff. It was nothing, like, really hurtful. I mean, people have been saying how much they like Becky over Danny on Wake Up San Francisco for eons. I mean, she got the producer job over Danny, even though she hadn't been there as long. Granted, they both started the show at the same time as far as Wake Up San Francisco goes, but still. Where did Joey leave that woodchuck home? We don't need to see it. We don't need to see it anymore. I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want to look at it anymore. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear Mr. Woodchuck's name. No, just, just leave him. No one likes Mr. Woodchuck. Nobody does. Except for you, Joey. Um, as far as the boys go, um, yes, consent, consent, consent. You don't just kiss your girl because it's New Year's Eve and it's supposedly what's expected. You ask first. All right, as promised, I am going to be ex letting you guys know what's up for the new year. The new series. We've had the Tis the Season series for the holidays. We've had the Back to School series in September and October. We've had the Summer Fun series June through August. And now to start off the new year, we are going to have Jesse and Becky, a love story where I'm going to be chronicling in my top episodes of ones that I feel do complete the Jesse Becky love story arc. 
The first one, of course, is going to be season two, episode two, Tanner versus Gibbler, where Jesse and Becky meet for the first time. Then we will move on to season two, episode 11, A Little Romance, where Jesse and Becky agree to actually date each other. Also, for Valentine's Day, I will be doing Little Shop of Sweaters, which is where Jesse and Becky decide to date just each other. They decide to be exclusive. And then we move on to the season two finale two-parter, Luck Be, Luck Be a Lady, parts one and two, where Jesse and Becky almost elope in Lake Tahoe. In February, we'll have Greek Week, where Jesse and Becky are becoming officially engaged. We will have the wedding, parts one and two. Jesse and Becky tie the knot. They get married. We'll have Fuller House. Jesse moves out, and then he and Becky move into the attic. We will have Rock the Cradle, Season 4, Episode 26. Jesse learns that Becky is expecting a, their first child, or children. We'll have Season 5, Episode 10, Happy Birthday Babies, Part 2. Becky gives birth to the twins, Nikki and Alex. And then, to top off this wonderful arc series, we will complete it with Fuller House, Season Mm, excuse me. Fuller House Season 1, Episode 13, entitled Love is in the Air, where Jesse and Becky renew their wedding vows. That will go from starting January 3rd all the way to the end of February. I will be taking a month off in March because I am going to be working on stuff for later, like in spring and summer. Just with a lot of stuff's going to be coming up with the new year and everything. And we're looking at making a very big change. So there might be a little hiatus coming with maybe not just the Full House podcast, but other podcasts as well. It just really depends. But I will be doing the two Rusty episodes for the April, April, April Fool's Day. It will be... The Terror in Tanner Town, where we get introduced to Rusty and Cindy. And then, of course, the next episode that they're both in, which is the episode right after Terror in Tanner Town, is Secret Admirer. And then I'll take a, um, I'm going to come back in May with some Mother's Day type episodes. Goodbye, Mr. Bear. Um, what was the other ones? Um, <laughs> Michelle, uh, Matchmaker Michelle and Slumber Party. There might have been another one in there, but right now I cannot for the life of me think of it. In June is going to be all about Father's Day. We're going to have Father's Day episodes with high anxiety, with I'm not DJ, with where oh, where has my little girl gone, stuff like that. So a lot of stuff eventually coming down the pike. It just next year guys it's gonna be such a busy year we we don't even know yet a lot of things are just gonna be set in motion that um i'm gonna do my best to get keep things on track but just know that you know we don't know next year is gonna be it's gonna be big it's gonna be if everything goes hopefully as it should, but then again, you guys know life is never goes as you want it to or expect it to. So um, I will keep you posted if any if anything changes. If we gotta extend stuff out 
farther than February, then I'll do that. But, um, yeah. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I had a fun time covering it, as I always do with all the episodes. So have a wonderful and safe Happy New Year's. If you guys... You know, I have nothing against people that enjoy, you know, celebrating the new year, you know, drinking and stuff. It's just please, please be safe. If you need to get somewhere, call an Uber, call a friend. Do not get behind your wheel and drive. We all want to start off the new year on a good note, right? Right. Happy 2020, everybody. I wish you all good, wonderful things for the new year. That we all maybe get just a smidgy-widgy outside of our comfort zone. I know, I gotta take that lesson to heart myself. Yo, podcasting was definitely jumping out of my comfort zone with two feet. And almost three years later, I just, I can't believe I'm still at it. A lot of the times, I just... <laughs> with some stuff I don't always stick to it but this I have and I've done it tenfold so I do actually plan to do a little mini review mm, my goodness gracious sake mm. Mm, I'm sorry I um had Panera after I uh, got my teeth cleaned and now I'm drinking uh, more pop, which I know is not good for me, um, <laughs> but um, I've been having a little bit of the indigesties, so <laughs> I don't want to burp in your ear. That would be gross. I do also have some giveaways. Punky Power, the podcast, is the Punky Brewster podcast is celebrating three years, I believe, at the end of January or the early February. So I'm going to be doing a giveaway for that. It's going to be something different than last time. Also, the She's a Small Wonder podcast, which you can listen to on my Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast uh, SoundCloud account. That is a monthly podcast. I do an episode a month of that. And that will be celebrating its one-year anniversary in February. So I will be giving doing a little giveaway for that my other one uh monthly podcast show me that smile again on hey growing pains podcast which is also on the looking back on my wonder years a wonder years podcast is going to be celebrating its one year anniversary in january as well um also in january the debut of my new bi-weekly podcast entitled i left my heart in everwood where i will be discussing going episode by episode of the show Everwood, which came out in 2002. So I will be covering that. If you want to hear that, you can go to the Looking Back on My Wonder Years, the Wonder Years Facebook, uh, the SoundCloud account. Um, just look up Looking Back on My Wonder Years. You're going to find Growing Pains on there, Mr. Belvedere, the first season of Silver Spoons. All six seasons of the Wonder Years have been covered. Um, yep, Small Wonder, now Everwood, so a lot of, you know, different TV movies and stuff like that that I've done, other movies that I've done that are not on the Punky Power, um, podcast page, uh, or the SoundCloud page, so, yeah. So, yep, I'm gonna do a quick little full circle, uh, memoir, Andrea Barber, uh, 
um, after that, I also am going to be covering the mid-season finale of season five of Fuller House, where DJ and Steve get engaged. There's no surprise there because it's all over Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, it's there. So I want to cover that before the end of the year. And that way we can start fresh so that when the new episodes come out, I can get the first um, episode of part B, as they're referring to it, and then, of course, the series finale. So I'm most likely going to watch them first for myself, and then I will go back and cover those two episodes. So if you don't want to be spoiled, I am going to list, they have on IMDb the list of the episode titles. So if you guys don't want to be spoiled, you can cut it off here. But if you're kind of curious, if you're like, eh, I don't really want to go look myself, I'll let you know. We don't have summaries, of course, because that would be too spoilery. We don't want that yet, but I'll give you the t episode titles. So, some of them on IMDb looks like maybe they may be episode titles that could be changed because they're not there, but um, I found this on Instagram. So, season five, like I said, if you guys don't want to know what the episode titles are, you feel free to skip over. I'm going to just mention what they are. Maybe I'll give my interpretation of what those titles may mean. Okay, so season five, episode 10. If the suit fits well, what I'm thinking is going to be, they're talking suit, right? So I'm thinking like a groom, like for a groom. So it's going to be wedding fitting time, right? You got to go, you got to get your suit. Men got to get their suits all taken. Guy, you know, the boys are going to want to get their themselves suits as well. Anyone, you know, if Steve's having a best man, whoever that's going to be. Oh gosh, you might be mad. That'd be even more awkward, right? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Alright, so, Season 5, Episode 11. Three Weddings and a Musical. Um, I, wow, are the wedding's gonna happen already, like, right into the second half? But, that's cool. Alright, so three weddings and a musical. And, I, yeah, I think, yeah, the what the, the musical? I don't know. What, what could the musical be? Um... We saw a cute little adorable um, Tommy with Cosmo, and they're definitely dressed like from the greatest show, uh, the greatest showman. Um, yeah, I don't know about the musical, but they already kind of did one during season five, episode nine, a modest proposal. Uh, season five, episode twelve, entitled "Cold Turkey." I think I. I think it could be something to do with the restaurant, that the sub shop, or it could be a reference to maybe Thanksgiving. Maybe we get another holiday episode. Uh, season 5, episode 13, College Tours. Clearly that's got to focus on Jackson and Ramona. They're both, what, 16, 17 at this point, so they're probably going to start looking at colleges. Um, I did, I follow Candace Cameron Bure on Instagram, and I believe her daughter Natasha Bure is in that episode. I guess they're looking at supposed sor sor sororities maybe for Ramona to, to join. Um, season 5, episode 14 says basic training. Now, when I think basic training, I think it has something to do with 
you know, joining the service, whether it's the army, the military, the air force, but I think it's something like that. Isn't there like a, what is it like ROTC or something like that? I'm not sure what that stands for, but, uh, season five, episode 15, be yourself, free yourself. There's a song, there's a song that, that has those lyrics in it. Free your mind, right? I, I, I don't know who the singer is, but that's what that makes me think about it. So I'm thinking, be yourself, free yourself. I think that's got to deal with Max. And maybe, because right now we're in season five, we're in the summertime. So I think the second half of season five is going to deal with them going to school. I think maybe Max is starting junior high for the first time. And maybe he feels like he's got to find his niche. He's got to find out where he fits in. Maybe all the other kids are all about what's cool, what's popular, and Max is just like a duck out, you know, you know, a fish out of water type scenario, maybe. He's got to find his own way and what he likes, and, you know, maybe he'll find his crew. He'll find his, his you know, friends based on what he's into. Maybe he'll, you know, join the drama club or something fun like that, you know, just, yeah. Okay. Season 5, episode 16, The Nearly Wed Game. That is confusing because it says three weddings and a musical. So, my guess... Hey, Quinny. Um, my guess for The Nearly Wed Game is, like... You've heard of The Newly Wed Game, right? Um, Jeremy and I played, like, a DVD version of that a couple times. I don't even think we have it anymore. I think we got rid of it. Um, but that's what that makes me think of. Like, the couples that are going to be getting married. You know, um, Steve and DJ, Jimmy and Stephanie, and Kimmy and Fernando. They're going to do something like this. You know what this makes me think of? Remember season seven? Um, when um, Joey hosted that game show that, like, never aired, or if it did, it aired with a different host, because he quit right after, because he's like, I don't want to do that to strangers, like, embarrassing people. Uh, that's a sad episode, because that deals with Danny and Vicky's breakup, which is really sad. I mean, Steve and DJ's, too, is really sad. Um, I'm gonna kind of do a little segment like that for, like, the breakup episode, um, also, Jesse and Becky's breakup, that's going to be in that segment. Um, let's see. Season 5, episode 17, entitled Something Borrowed. Makes me think of it's getting close to wedding time. So, something borrowed, like the saying, something borrowed, something blue. Something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. So, definitely something borrowed. Hmm. Kind of wants, I don't know. Maybe it's something of their mothers, like the girls, DJ and Stephanie, or like, like it's given to one of them, but the other one feels like they should have it. Maybe um, that would be my guess. Um, let's see, the last one, season five, episode eighteen, our very last show again. Oh boy, this is gonna, you know everyone on that show is gonna be like, their eyes are going to be glistening with tears, their eyes are gonna be shiny, and we're all gonna be crying with them because we're all gonna be feeling what they're feeling, that it's, that it's over and everything. Um, 
my prediction for the series finale is I wonder if they might jump ahead in time, do you think? I mean, they never... I really gotta wonder, let's say that they had time to come up with a better series finale for Full House and not have Michelle, like, lose her memory or amnesia. How do you think they could have had a better series finale? Well, in turn of this one... I think, I think we're going to jump ahead in time. That's my prediction. We're going to jump ahead in time. Um, you know, Jackson's already going to go be going off to college. Um, Max is going to be starting high school. Tommy's going to be in, you know, upper elementary. Or we could go even farther than that and just say, like, it's way, way in the future. I mean, if I wanted to be, you know, sad and morbid, we could say, hey, we're at um, Grandpa Danny's funeral. Um, no, I don't want to go that route. Um, gosh, I don't know. I mean, the possibilities are just... I mean, the stars, the the cast knows how it ends because they were there. Um, but I kind of want to now nix that theory about jumping ahead in time. So... I don't know. It's it's up in the air. I really, I don't know. <laughs> I know either way, anyway, I'm going to be wrong because I don't know what happens, but those are just my predictions. I mean, outlandishly, they jump ahead in time. Um, if I want to shoot even farther, um, I'm going to shoot as broad and crazy and wild theory. Um, Pam never died. She never got into the car accident and... Um, Jesse and Joey and them are just, you know, their, their family stuff that they don't see as often and everything like that. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's about as like wild, crazy theory that, oh, it was just a dream. Pam never died. And the actress comes in and, or, oh my God. I just thought of something. Okay. Okay. Scrap that theory. Scrap that theory. Okay. What? What is that noise? Oh, it must be the wind outside. Um, it's a little windy. Um, okay, okay, before I lose my train of thought, here we go. I want them to get the old, the lady who played in the home video, she played Pam Tanner, I want them to get her back. And I want... Like, a fantasy, um like, dream, like, sequence wedding where it's the girls' wedding, like, the joint weddings, and in the future, and Danny is there with Pam. I don't, I know, it's crazy, isn't it? Well, (laughs) how did you guys think how the first half of season five went? I kind of, I liked it. I definitely liked the, the first episode. And, um, it always seems like the first episode and the last episode are good, and then the other ones in between are, are, they're good, but they're kind of subpar, like they're funny and stuff, but it seems like the, the opener, like the series premiere and the series finale are like, they're like top notch. It seems like you always want to end the season on a high note, and you want to go into a, a season like, full steam ahead, just 
lay it all out there and everything is what lay out how the season's going to be and stuff like that but you always want to seems like you want to end it on a high note maybe a cliffhanger and stuff like that but okay guys those are my reasonings um feel free to email me at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com you can even go to facebook and get on there just type in full house or fuller house podcast if you haven't yet, if you've been listening for a while, if you like the podcast, I would love it. You guys could help me out and support the podcast by going to iTunes, going to your podcast app on your phone, searching Full House on the podcast app. Should bring up all my Lanta Holy Chalupas and just, you know, rate it, use emojis. I just think that would be so fun to just like use like different characters like oh there's Uncle Jesse here's a picture of because there's an icon there of someone getting their hair cut and you could have like a little blonde haired girl like for Stephanie like the um cutting it close episode or so. I just think it would be so fun to like use like characters and emojis to describe episodes and then I could try to like guess them. I Oh I could do that on Instagram and have you guys guess what it is. But wait a minute. I, whatever, it's whatever. <laughs> I'm just coming up with such fun ideas. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get back into the, like, the trivia and stuff like that for shout outs for the new year. I'll do that. Um, the Gibbler, Tanner versus Gibbler, actually, that episode has a, um, connection to Punky Brewster. Crazy, right? <laughs> it's so crazy. Because Punky Brewster ended in 88, and by the show, time this episode aired, it was probably like, what, 89? Because it was in season two. So. Alright, guys, I've rambled long enough. I've thrown out my theories. I want to hear what your theories are for the second half of season five. So. Alright. Bye bye, everybody.